Good, everybody. Welcome to episode number 24 of the Off Day Debrief, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera of Niners Nation. Happy to be joined, as always, by Brandon Lee Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation. What's up, BLG? Stats, as you know, that we do here on the Oddcast to start it off. I like to read, you know, one of the, the reviews from the Apple Podcast rating and review section. And uh, this one is short and sweet. I'll just I'll get right to the point here. Title A plus IMO. Uh, this is from Michael Kist, who says, totally unbiased opinion, this rocks. So I uh, really appreciate the listener feedback, as always. Wow, that is a totally unbiased uh, opinion there. I like it. That's a good find by you. Well, you know, I try. And uh, look, Stats, it's a, an exciting show today. We're in uncharted territory in terms of the season's over. This is the first uh, oddcast we're doing where there really hasn't been football the week before, other than you know the Pro Bowl week. But we're still in the season. So uh, first... Uh, off-season oddcast that we have here, and I'm excited for the show. Yeah, and you know what Warren Buffett said, when everyone's cautious, be greedy. And when everyone's greedy, be cautious. Well, some people might be a little cautious. They don't know what to talk about. It's the first show of the off-season. That's not us, because you decided that today was going to be our bold off-season predictions. So we have each come up with five. I don't know if we'll get to all five. We'll see how juicy these are and what we get into. But we each have our five predictions that what we expect to see in this offseason. I was diving into this last night. And like once I started, it was like a beautiful mind. Like you saw the weird equations started going through my head. I started to try and figure everything out. What is your boldest offseason prediction? Well, before I even get to it, Stats, I want to preface it here. I tried to really go for bold. So I was kind of looking up some of these articles, you know, you see maybe on NFL.com and ESPN, whatever, because I wanted to make sure I wasn't like parroting someone else's bold predictions. I, I tried to go uh, off the radar. I tried to do as much as I can, you know, nothing insane to the point of where like, uh, you know, totally, you know, implausible. It has to be somewhat plausible, but, you know, something or things that here that were truly bold. I, I don't want to rip on anyone specifically here stats but i saw on one of these bold prediction lists one of the predictions was like the team wasn't going to re-sign a linebacker i mean like come on what is that that's not bold like <laughs> who cares um so anyway uh to, to, to get the preface out of the way number one i'm starting it off i know your co-host on uh the look ahead who loves to reference this podcast rj ochoa um i know he'll love this one which I, means I hate it, and which means it's also bound to happen. The Cowboys trade for Russell Wilson stats. Ooh, that is bold. Right out of the gate, you're coming in hot. I am looking at this like Jerry Jones just saw what Tom Brady did, and I think he, you know, he wants an instant winner because you know he's getting up there in age. I also think he knows that Dak Prescott isn't going to fold in these negotiations. The Cowboys are in a spot here stats where I don't really, it's like, it's tough for them to tag Dak a second time in terms of like hoping he's going to be around uh, for the long term because you can't really tag him a third time next off season because that would be 144% of his previous salary. And at that point <laughs> it's untenable. And I just don't see a long-term deal getting done here. If it was going to get done, it already would have happened by now. So I think the Cowboys know they're not going to be able to resign Dak long-term. I mean, you look at the last two quarterbacks to play on the, tag uh stats including uh excluding Dak last year it was Drew Brees in 2005 it was Kirk Cousins in 2016 and 2017 and both of those quarterbacks left the team so I don't think Dak is long for the Cowboys I think they this is their chance to to get a quarterback and they get Russell Wilson yeah when you get to this point in your Dak Prescott like what people don't like to play in the tag because it's like oh there's injury risk before you get your money. Well, he's already had the injury. Like, that's one of the a horrible injury. He's already had the injury. He's going to come back. He's 16 games away from the open market, pretty much. So I don't think he's backing down, like you said. And I was talking with Bucky Brooks the other day from NFL Network, and he brought up a good point, which was Jerry is a businessman, and Jerry needs to find a way to save face in this whole thing because they haven't signed him yet. And now, because of the mechanics of the whole thing, they're going to have to pay him a ton of money, even if they do sign him. In order for Jerry to win this thing, he's got to do something bold. Well, what is it? Trade Dak Prescott for Russell Wilson. I mean, it'd be one of the few guys you could acquire where you would be upgrading at quarterback. 
Jerry looks good. The Cowboys are potentially better than they would be with Dak. I feel like all sides are sort of satisfied if that were to happen. Yeah, the franchise tag thing, like, again, when it comes down to the third one, it just reminds me of where Kirk Cousins was. And there's no reason for Dak to fold now. Like, there's none. Like, he's made it this far. Why would you give in now? Like, just wait, wait, because whenever you get to that point, whether it's the third tag or you hit free agency, like, you're going to make bank. There's just no reason at all for him to rush, especially when he's getting these endorsements in the meantime. But uh, I I don't want to get to number two already. Uh, here's that. So why don't we hear number one on your list? Because number two on mine kind of plays into what I already said. So that was your boldest one. Uh, Yeah. All right. I will go with this one. I haven't really ranked these in terms of boldness, but we'll go with this one. I think that this is going to be the off season of super teams. It's going to be just like the NBA and hear me out. The cap is going down by about $18 million. So guys that are free agents are not going to be able to cash in and get their big money deals like they were hoping because all these teams are basically going to be scrambling just to get underneath the cap. I think a lot of guys are going to say, hey, you know what? I'll take sort of like a, I don't know, a gap year, so to speak. I'll chase my ring now when I'm 26, 27, 28 years old, as opposed to 32, 33, 34. I chase my ring, I go with Brady in Tampa Bay, or I go with Mahomes in Kansas City, or even Stafford in L.A. Supposedly, a lot of guys are looking to do that. I'll chase my ring, I'll go to a really good team, I'll play with a bunch of good dudes, I'll win a Super Bowl, I'll look awesome, and then I'll cash in once everybody has money and the cap goes back up next year. So no one specifically in mind with that, just like as a concept you're saying? Yeah, I think it's going to be like an offseason in the NBA, where you're going to see like, Veteran guys are going to be like, holy crap, I can't believe Mahomes is going to have this guy to throw to now, and Brady has recruited this guy to come play defense. I think you're going to see super teams. Yeah, I think Pete Sweeney made a good point uh, along those lines on the Monday Football Monday podcast uh, this week where like maybe play. I think you specifically mentioned like J.J. Watt maybe doing this where he's looking at this year and other players could be looking at this year as, you know, the market isn't going to be as robust as it normally would be due to, you know, COVID impact and everything. So maybe there's more of a priority on, you know, just trying to get that ring, like ring chasing as opposed more than ever than, than just getting as much money as you can. Maybe that's kind of more of a focused, hopefully. Uh, in 2022 when maybe the market kind of shoots back up and and life is hopefully getting back to normal uh, by then. So I I think that's plausible. I think, you know, guys look, obviously they follow the NBA. They see what it's like in the NBA. And even this past season with the Buccaneers, I mean, that's a super team, you know, like the Eagles always get criticized. Oh, the dream team, that didn't work out. Well, it worked out for the Bucs. You got Brady, you got Gronk, you got Leonard Fournette, you got LaShawn McCoy, You had names on that team of star players, and they won the Super Bowl. And I think guys are going to look at that and say, why can't we do that for next year? I think what's important there, Stats, is getting the right players, like actually good players. Like the Dream Team didn't work out because the players weren't good. (laughs) It didn't work out because like, oh, the players were actually good, but they just couldn't gel together, you know, or some other like nebulous reason. Like the players weren't good. It was like Vince Young and uh, and Namdi, who was terrible, like a bunch of guys who were just (laughs) bad, basically. Like Evan Mathis ended up being like the best uh, from that class. And, you know, he was just like an afterthought when Eagles signed him. So so, yeah, I I mean, that's the key thing is getting if, if the players are good, it can work out. This just in. Good teams have a bunch of good players. <laughs> that helps. What, what is your second bold offseason prediction? So, again, this ties into number one. I actually don't have – now, I don't know how this is going to work out. Um, but I don't have Dak going to the Seahawks. Like, this isn't trading Dak for Russell Wilson. Oh. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know what the Seahawks do. I don't really have them in here. But – it's the New England Patriots stats who acquire Dak Prescott in a tag and trade. So the Cowboys still tag Dak Prescott um, because they're not going to just let him walk. That makes no sense. But they tag him and they trade him to New England to look. They ne- How else are the Patriots going to get a new quarterback here? And does Bill Belichick really want to like acquire a rookie? you know, at his age and kind of bring that guy along as as much as he wants kind of like a proven winner in Dak Prescott. I hated just saying that just now, but I did. And RJ is definitely <laughs> going to point that out this week. But uh, yeah, so I, I think the Patriots, like that's their guy. Um, obviously, if I have the Cowboys trading for Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott needs a new home here. And, you know, I think with the picks 
that uh, the, the Cowboys get, you know, in return for Dak, that's what kind of helps them trade for Russell Wilson. So I kind of think here, basically in my, my prediction, like we were talked a lot stats about how um, this offseason is going to be defined by quarterback movement, but mm-hmm. I don't think we've had like that first domino fall yet. Like the Stafford golf thing isn't that for me because they just swapped quarterbacks. You know, that didn't set off like a chain reaction around the league now where like uh, right. it displayed, you know what I'm saying? Like it didn't displace one quarterback and okay, now this team doesn't have one. I think um, with like doing this with, with the Russell Wilson trade that I'm boldly predicting here, like that would set it off now. Like the, the dominoes are starting to fall into place. Right. There were no dominoes with the Goff and Stafford move because they swapped for one another. Mm -hmm. That would be a fascinating turn of events because we really don't know, especially with a new GM in New England, like we don't know how aggressive the Patriots will be for a quarterback. We know nothing about how they evaluate quarterbacks. We don't really understand anything going on there in terms of those mechanics because they haven't had to do it for 20 years. I mean, yeah, they spent some draft picks on some guys, but that doesn't really explain how aggressive they're going to be when acquiring a guy, and I think you're right to bring up Belichick's age and, and heck, Kraft's age, too. Like like you said, they don't really want to spend years developing a rookie quarterback. They may be way more aggressive than we think. Patriots also have, uh, per overthecap.com, uh, $62.7 million in cap space, which is the fourth most in the league. So they have the money to take him on. It would be incredible. Like, just when you think we're done with the Patriots. We just had a year where they didn't make the playoffs. We all kind of exhaled a little bit. And boom, there's Belichick again trading for Dak Prescott. I mean, I'm for it. I want craziness, especially like for our business. Craziness works for me. Um, so I, I hope that, that that does happen. I See, I misunderstood. I thought you had a Dak Russell Wilson swap, but you're even bolder than that. Yeah, I had to keep it really bold. And uh, look, you know, the Cowboys want to get him out of the NFC, too. You know, you put him in a different conference. Um, what's your number two? My number two, and this is, I think, just logical. So I don't know how bold it is. I think J.J. Watt signs with the Packers. Uh, Green Bay is coming off two straight NFC championship games. They play in the weaker conference than the AFC. So I think that's attractive to Watt. Plus, Aaron Rodgers, once again, pulled his yearly, I'm not happy with the people you have around me shenanigans. So you've got to deal with that. I think you you satisfy everyone here. You sign Watt, right? He gets to chase a ring with a team that's been to two straight NFC title games. Rodgers gets a, a really good name player around him, like he clearly wants. And the Packers sort of get the fans off their back who say, oh, they never make any moves. Aaron has to complain every year. Why aren't you helping this guy out? So one move can sort of quiet three different, you know, trouble spots for the team. And it's not like the Packers don't have a history of signing veteran players. You look at Charles Woodson, you look at Julius Peppers. They've had success bringing in veteran defensive guys. To me, it's totally logical that that Watt goes to Green Bay. I know they have to do some shenanigans with the cap or whatever. They could sign a backload, a two-year deal and backload the hell out of it, do some crazy things like that. To me, that's the perfect landing spot for J.J. Watt. Yeah, I mean, that would be a pretty formidable pass rush when you have Zadarius Smith there, uh, Preston Smith there. You had J.J. Watt in the mix. Uh, I think that's definitely something that would placate Aaron Rodgers. As you said, you can see that, you know, the connection to Watt wanting to go back or, or playing, you know, for a team that has been speculated he always wants to play for. So totally logical to me. I don't know how bold it is, like you said, but um, I think it's sensical. Obviously, the Steelers have been brought up too. I'm trying to think like, like, is there a true uh, surprise team for J.J. Watt? Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out here. I'm looking at it, and I don't know that they're – like, maybe Cleveland? Would that – like, like I guess that would kind of qualify as one. Um, like, obviously, it has to be a team that's kind of in win-now mode. He's not going to, like, the Jets or something. <laughs> um, I mean, the Chiefs, I know Pete brought that up. I'm not going to entertain that um, because it would give him too much of an ego boost. The Colts, I guess the Colts could be kind of interesting. Um, That defense is already loaded, and if they added him, I mean, that's just even better. But why would you go to the AFC? To me, the AFC is such a meat grinder with all those really good teams. Go to the NFC. I mean, it's the Buccaneers, it's the Packers, and then it's really sort of up for grabs. Plus, it's J.J. Watt, it's Wisconsin. You know he has Wisconsin roots. I think that's where he winds up. That's a good point. Although you could say the devil's or the, the flip side to that is the NFC is bad in terms of, okay, it could be easier to get to the top if you're on the Packers. That makes sense. But it's not like you're not going to go to the, any other of those teams because they're just not as good. 
Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that is true. Um, but I think it's incredible that the Texans just cut him and didn't trade him. Like they're giving him free reign to go. Uh, and I, like uh, everyone keeps bringing up Pittsburgh because his brothers are there. I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily like the clincher for them. They don't even, there's a lot of uncertainty with the Steelers, which I'm going to get to later. So I don't think that they are the landing spot for JJ. Yeah, they're 30.6 million over the cap right now, too. So it's like not the most financially uh, easy thing for them to do. Um, I think there could be some interest there. I mean, it's going to be, I'm sure they're going to have, the Steelers are going to reach out to him or there's going to be talks about that. I'm sure he'll entertain the idea. But uh, in terms of trying to win, I mean, the Packers just make the most sense, assuming that J.J. Watt is given assurances that Rodgers is actually staying, which I, I, I will think is going to be the case. <laughs> that would be awesome. They signed J.J. Watt and then <laughs> Aaron Rodgers goes to a different team. <laughs> Enjoy, uh, well, they've got Jordan Love there, right? Enjoy that, J.J. Uh, my number three stats is a team that I happen to write about, cover, you may have heard of it, uh, for BleedingGradation.com, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I did not include Carson Wentz here as like the centerpiece of the bold prediction because that doesn't seem very bold at this point. Although, maybe it is because he still hasn't been traded as of 9.21 a.m. on Tuesday, February 16th when we're doing this podcast, <laughs> even though it was said last week that a deal was close. Right. Apparently, it was not super close because he's still here in Philly for now. Um, but my bold prediction for the Eagle stats is they trade up and draft. Well, do you remember where Carson Wentz went to school stats? North Dakota State. So I'm going to have them trade up and draft North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance at number two. No, I'm just kidding. It's not going to. That's not my real one. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up because I think that would be insane if they traded up to draft another uh, North Dakota State quarterback. But I actually have Justin Fields at number three. Uh, That's my realistic, bold prediction for the Eagles. And in turn, trade not only Carson Wentz, but Jalen Hurts as well. What? Uh, they trade both of, yeah, they trade both of their quarterbacks. They start fresh. Look, it's a young coaching staff they hired. It's like the youngest in the NFL. The assistant from your uh, 49er stats, Michael Clay, is actually the youngest coordinator in the NFL now, the Eagles' new special teams coordinator. He's only uh, 29 years old. So this is a long-term thing they're building here. And I know Jalen Hurts is coming off rookie year, and I don't actually think they're going to trade him. But if I'm going bold, I'm going to say they trade both quarterbacks and they bring in a new rookie to start the whole thing over. That would be... I mean, Howie Roseman better have ultimate job security if he is literally trading the guy he just drafted and Carson Wentz and drafting another quarterback. How many quarterback uh, selections would that be for Howie Roseman in his tenure? Well, Stats, I don't know if you've heard this line before, but the Eagles are a quarterback factory, apparently, <laughs> in Howie Roseman's own words, which he very much regrets that quote, by the way. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they turned through another one here. It is actually kind of a smart move, I guess, in his sense, because it's like, hey, I you got to give me more time because it's you know another rookie in here. It's like he's like buying himself more time uh, <laughs> by bringing in another rookie. So yeah, Justin Fields at number three. Uh, that's my bold prediction for the Eagles. And the crazy thing is, like the Eagles did what teams that move quarterbacks do. They played Jalen Hurts a little. And he flashed when they played him. And like that is the perfect formula to get rid of a quarterback. You play him a little and then you move him before the film has really come out and before defensive coordinators have spent time like scheming specifically against them. That's the perfect move. It's like Matt Flynn. I mean, was Scott Mitchell back in the day with the Lions? Like play a quarterback a little, have them flash, and then you can move them and really maximize their value. So you have the NFC East making some moves. You've got Dallas acquiring Russell Wilson. Now the Eagles are trading all their quarterbacks and drafting Justin Fields. That is an impressive NFC East offseason so far. And I didn't even predict what Washington will do. I don't have that in here, but like they're obviously going to make a move. And the Giants are going to stick with Daniel Jones, which is their mistake um, for now, at least. But uh, but yeah, active division. I mean, it's the worst division in the NFL stats. So I think big changes need to be made. That's fair. All right, since we're talking about quarterbacks and drafted quarterbacks, I tried to avoid like having everything be about quarterbacks, but I mean, this is the offseason where we're going to see some crazy things happen. I think we're going to see three quarterbacks go in the top five picks, but not to teams that are currently there now. Hmm. So what I mean by that is, well, Trevor not Lawrence is going to go. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence yeah, okay. is going to go to the Jags. 
But I think that the Jets and the Dolphins are going to move out of those picks because for a couple of reasons. Number one, they're going to have crazy offers. But number two, and maybe more importantly, the quarterbacks they have now are not so terrible that they would just reject all the crazy trade offers that are coming in in order to draft a new guy. So I think the Jets look at it like, hey, we have Darnold. We don't hate Darnold. He's still 23. And look, we can get two firsts, a second, and a third from, from this team. We have to make this move or we could really start plugging holes on this roster pretty quickly. And the same thing with the Dolphins. They have Tua. They, they've they said that he's the starter next year. They're going to, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to be there. I think the same thing. They want to build it up quickly. So there's going to be a lot of offers on the table for them. And just look at the teams, BLG. The Panthers are going to be aggressive and looking for a quarterback. The Broncos, I think, are going to be an underrated team looking for a quarterback. The 49ers, Dallas Cowboys, if they move on from Dak, possibly. And that's not even counting teams later in the draft, like you were mentioning, the Patriots, the Bears, the Steelers, depending on what happens. So I think there's just going to be too many teams that need quarterbacks that the Jets and the Dolphins are not staying at two and three. I like that stats because number four on my list was the Jets will trade out of number two. Uh, I think that's bold in the sense that I think a lot of people are expecting them to to take a quarterback, not necessarily a lock, but I think that's the more favorable uh, thing you see, at least in, in mock drafts and whatnot. I think the way the draft is perceived stats is that a lot of teams will be trying to get up to number three because the uh, Dolphins are such an obvious uh, trade out candidate, you know, because um, I think a lot of people think they might have their quarterback in Tua. Obviously, we're not all convinced of that, but but there is certainly a prime trade down candidate there at number three. And so I think a lot of teams are going to like think they're going to have to get up there. But the Jets are actually going to be like, actually, if you definitely want your guy, you're going to have to come up to number two <laughs> and uh, and get that pick because because uh, we're selling that. And there's going to be a big market for that. So I think the Jets uh, trade out of number two. And I think with Darnold, I'm not necessarily a Darnold believer. But the way I'm looking at this stats is that uh, you can kind of, I think, ride it out with him another year. And with all these picks that they're getting, I mean, they're going to have either a better team to build in terms of being like uh, an attractive destination next offseason. And with all this quarterback movement that's going on more than ever, if that continues, maybe it won't. But if that kind of continues to be a trend here in the NFL, I think they can kind of get a veteran next year if Darnold doesn't work out or they'll have the pieces to trade for one uh, next offseason if they can do that. So I definitely think it makes sense for them to trade down from that number two spot especially if there's just not a quarterback they're absolutely in love with. Uh, And I think, yeah, it could be Carolina. It could be Denver. It could be your 49ers. uh, It could be the Patriots if they don't get Dak Prescott moving up to number two. Yeah, I I totally agree with everything you said. Uh, You know, people sometimes get it confused with draft picks. There's two ways that that you can use a draft pick. You can use it to select a guy coming out of college and acquire low-cost talent, or you can trade them for proven veteran players. So yeah, just because a team loads up on draft picks doesn't mean they can't necessarily move those in a deal next year to acquire a quarterback. So I I think that that's what the Jets are going to do. And I think there's too many quarterback needy teams. Plus, I think it's a weird year like Imagine scouting college players this year. I mean, Trey Lance played one game this past season. (laughs) So it's not like I think the knowledge when it comes to these guys, there's a knowledge gap there. Not every team is going to have the same information. I think some teams are going to think, hey, maybe we've got a leg up on other guys. Let's go make our move and be aggressive for this person. Plus, if you're the Jets and the Dolphins, you trade down, you still get maybe the best non quarterback in the draft. And that's an attractive option, too. Like, hey, we didn't get a quarterback, but we got the best, you know, whatever it is, pass rusher, cornerback, whatever the case may be, and a bunch of other picks. That's a good deal for them. I want to say, too, that Darnold's only 23. Like right. this, this is a guy who's still pretty young. Like his, I'm, Again, I'm not in on him, but like I, I'm to- not totally just ready to say like the book on his career is written and he's done, he's over. Um, and if they sell him, I'm guessing, I don't, I don't know exactly what the market's going to look like, but I'm guessing they're probably going to have to sell relatively low so it might just make sense to keep them again and uh and you know try to figure it out next year so uh you know it's it's a big decision for joe douglas to make there but i think he's going to make the right one i think he's made good moves thus far in terms just like looking at the jamal adams trade like that was a great move for them getting two first round picks are you kidding me for him so uh yeah i think the jets might be in good hands for once 
I totally agree with you. The Jamal Adams deal looks better by the day. Good job, Jets. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll reveal the rest of our bold predictions. I have two more. You have one more. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the SP Nation NFL show. We are counting down our five bold off-season predictions. You have been, I have to admit, you have been bolder than me, BLG. <laughs> you have Russell Wilson going to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You have Dak Prescott winding up in New England. You have the Eagles trading all their quarterbacks and moving up to take Justin Fields at number two. And the Jets, obviously part of that, trading down from number two. I have Eagles at number three. But oh, number three, um, but I mean, you could say number two. I mean, who who knows? Uh, I think number three would be more realistic. But I mean, either way, uh, a lot of activity. I tried to not make it all about quarterback stats, but it was tough. Like you said earlier, like this offseason is going to be defined. I feel like by quarterback movement, we reference, I think, at least once per show or at least once <laughs> per week. The Adam Schefter over under on quarterbacks like at 18.5. It's hard not to do the quarterback thing. Um, but do you have any left on your list that aren't quarterbacks? No. So, okay. Well, let's get to it. All right, let's go with this one. And this is going to sound a lot bolder. Then when I explain it, you'll probably rip me for it. But the number one, number five, and number seven all-time leading passers are all going to be out of the NFL next season. Drew Brees is basically all but retired. I mean, he hasn't announced it yet, but he's going to. He's number one. Philip Rivers has already retired. He is number five. And number seven on that list, do you know who it is? Hmm, No. That would be Ben Roethlisberger, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think we have seen Ben Roethlisberger's last game in the NFL for a couple of reasons. One, he's coming off a year where he really struggled at times. He he looked like his arm was really not the same as it was. So that's one factor. Two, the team around him, the offense, I should say, is not like otherworldly it's not like it was when it was Lev Bell and Antonio Brown and he had a stacked offensive line it's not that Juju's a free agent they got Chase Claypool who's a nice piece but he's not like you know he's not Antonio Brown so I think he's got it's harder for him on offense now with the pieces around him and and this I think is the biggest thing he's got a built-in excuse he's talked for years about how important the offensive line was for him and how they protect him and if they didn't have as good of an offensive line he might retire well what happened this offseason his center Marquise Pouncey retired and walked away so he's already said oh that's really hard for me I'm, I'm, I really have to process Pouncey walking away that gives him sort of an excuse He could say, well, I've always said my offensive line was important to me. So instead of retiring because his arm looks shot, he could say, hey, I'm retiring because my guys aren't here anymore and it's time for me to go. And I think that's a big factor with Ben. He's very aware of public perception. So you think he's going to retire willingly. But what if the Steelers kind of want him to retire, but Ben Roethlisberger doesn't want to retire? What happens then? I think that he's not going to he's not going to want to win that fight because like you said he has a 41.25 million dollar cap hit next year. The Steelers have already said they cannot bring him back at that number. Now supposedly he was going to meet with them and try and work it out, but he hasn't done that yet as of this recording. So we'll see what happens there. I think he's going to save face and walk away. He's coming off a year where they went 12 and 4. He threw for almost 4,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 
It's the perfect time for him to walk away. He'll get some sort of settlement with the Steelers. He's obviously not going to get the $41 million, but I think they'll give him sort of like a golden parachute, a golden handshake, whatever the gold thing is you get when you make these kind of deals. And I don't think he's going to want to play for another team or go anywhere. I think we've seen the last of Big Ben. Remember at the end of the playoff game, he was on the bench with Pouncey and they were both kind of like crying. I think there's a reason for that. Okay. Um, I wonder, so I wonder if there's a market for him, you know, like if he wants to keep playing and the Steelers don't want him, like what, what happens in terms of like, let's say he doesn't retire. Um, I, I just think that's interesting to think about. I don't know that there's an obvious team that jumps out. Um, I think it would kind of have to be like a team that maybe got left out of the, uh, the carousel. Like they didn't get their guy. Like, let's say like Washington doesn't end up with anyone. Like maybe like, does he go there? Do they get him? Because they kind of need someone to, uh, to fill the gap um you know with alex smith presumably not being the answer there um is it a team like denver um if they can't figure it out so uh kind of interesting to see like if he if he doesn't because i always feel like big ben just never wants to retire like (laughs) i feel like he thinks he can just play forever even though that it's becoming increasingly uh not true um so i i think it's bold in the sense that i don't believe big ben will retire until i actually see it happen That would be an interesting idea. Like the market for him, where could he wind up? I'm looking at the teams. As soon as you said that, I pull up the standings. I'm like, all right, let me see the teams. And I'm trying to go through like he's not going to want to go to a team like Carolina because they're Mm -hmm. not close to winning. Like he's going to want to go somewhere that's close to winning. How many teams are close to winning but also need a quarterback? There's not many. Yeah, I mean, like if the Colts miss out on everyone else and if like, you know, it's kind of like, again, they're just they're left standing there uh, at the dance, I guess. Like, like, uh, what is it like square dancing or something? I don't know. What is it? We're like, uh, what am I looking for here? Like where you're kind of left without a partner and it's like, all right, well, you're kind of just have to, to take what's there uh, standing at the end. Like, I think that would be his market, basically. Are you talking um, about musical chairs? Musical chairs, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Who knows? <laughs> what uh, kind of dances but, are you going to? Uh, look, no, none these days, really. But um, I mentioned the Colts stats, and they're number five on my list of five bold predictions. And I don't have the Colts acquiring Carson Wentz because I don't know if you've seen the scuttlebutt out there, the hot goss, if you will, stats. But <laughs> the, the rumors out there are that the Colts are not pushing as hard as the Chicago Bears are to trade for Carson Wentz. Of course they're and, not. Yeah, and they shouldn't, as we talked about last week. Um, but I think they are going to get, the Colts now, are going to get two former Eagles quarterbacks, and neither of them are going to be Carson Wentz. So... It's going to be Nick Foles, so the Eagles will trade Carson Wentz to the Bears, and obviously the Bears are not keeping Nick Foles if Carson Wentz goes there because Carson Wentz will not stand for that dynamic. <laughs> no, I think he, I think he loves Nick Foles. I think they're great friends personally, but not working relationship. Like that's not going to happen. <laughs> so uh, the Colts actually were showing interest in Foles last year. I don't think the Jaguars wanted to trade him so much in the division especially if the offers were similar. So uh, I think the Colts kind of get left uh, on the outside looking in a little bit here. Like Foles isn't necessarily their top option, but uh, they go with Foles, you know, Frank Wright connection. And same thing with Nate Sudfeld, who I also have the Colts signing, who obviously not really coming in here to to be a primary starter or anything, uh, or maybe even have a super real chance at that just might be a camp body. Um, But I think Frank Reich always talked about Nate Sudfeld highly here when he was in Philly. So I think they get two former Eagles quarterbacks and neither of them are Carson Wentz. See, that's interesting to me because the Colts are in a good spot. If you're an indie fan, you're happy because they they do need a quarterback with Philip Rivers retiring, but they're not desperate, I don't think. I think they have a team that's good enough around the quarterback position that they don't feel like we have to go crazy and make a move, which I think is frustrating the Eagles because I think the Eagles know that the Bears are going to eventually win that sweepstake. What the Eagles want is some sort of interest for the Colts, which will then drive up the price for the Bears. The Colts are smart, and they're not doing that because they don't have to. So that's frustrating if you're the Eagles trying to trade Carson Wentz. But I would have been totally on board with what you just said, but your Ben Roethlisberger to the Colts like theory that you kind of threw out there is fascinating to me because the Colts have shown they're willing to go with veteran guys. Like They're not necessarily like looking to bring in the quarterback for the next 10 years. Chris Ballard had a quote earlier this offseason that I actually saved because I'm planning to, to use it uh, for the 49ers podcast, which is like, you don't just draft a quarterback in the first round to draft one. 
because if you do and it doesn't work out, you're going to be in just as much hot water as you were before you made the pick. So I think that Ben to the Colts might be interesting. And I could see the Colts kind of sitting back, checking out the Pittsburgh situation. Chris Ballard dials up Kevin Colbert and says, hey, man, what do you uh, what, what's going on with Ben here? Do you think we could uh, make a move? I think that Pittsburgh would love to get out of that deal. So maybe they're not looking for a huge return back for Ben Roethlisberger. That, that is, that's got some legs to it. I give you credit. It's interesting. Well, I mean, you're the one who just made the – I mean, I brought it up, but you, you've just fleshed it out fully there more so. Um, I think it's interesting because the Colts are in a spot where you would think by now they would kind of just want to get their guy, right? Like Because they've had to go through this with Luck for a year and then Brissett for a year and then Rivers for – like they, they probably just want their guy. Like ideally, right? Like they don't want to have to keep going through quarterbacks. But at the same time, like you kind of just said, I don't think Chris Ballard is going to just rush into something. They're not going to – they want their guy, but they're not going to just be like, well, we just have to get a guy. So we're just going to go get one. Like they're going to wait to make the right move at that position. And I think that's fine in the sense they have the – job stability to do that it's not like they need to win now you know they made the playoffs or they're one and two in the playoffs you know since Wright got there and they had a respectable season uh when Brissett had to start unexpectedly so they're in a good spot um and I think with the Foles thing bringing it back to my point is that obviously he's not going to be probably your long-term answer but if you're looking for a situation in that Nick Foles thrives in it's one that has the supporting cast around him, I would argue, kind of like the Colts do in terms of one of the league's best offensive lines, a really good defense. Like all the pressure is not going to be on Foles and the cost to acquire him is obviously not going to be very much at all at this point. So uh, I think, you know, again, this prediction here kind of assumes they miss out on maybe some of the bigger swings. Like I don't think they're going to get to Sean Watson. I don't really think it makes a ton of sense necessarily to trade up for a guy unless they, they really love him. I mean, that would just take a big haul. I mean, that would take a big move for them to do as much and i think uh if it kind of comes down to the point where they're not going to get those big tickets and maybe maybe i should even put them in the mix for dak prescott maybe that could happen um but assuming they don't get one of those guys and they kind of just reset here i think they're kind of going to just do what they did with like rivers and be like all right let's buy another year let's just not invest too much into it while we can still be competitive with a ben roethlisberger or a nick Foles, and then you bring in a nate sudfeld too just as a lottery ticket because he has experience with reich and who knows maybe something works out um but but yeah i think uh, it's going to be Foles, Sudfeld, and then I guess they're going to bring back uh, Jacob Eason, who they drafted last year. Yeah, I wonder if the Colts were not kind of scarred by the whole Andrew Luck retirement thing. And what I mean by that is, you know, they thought they had their guy. They thought they had the stud of studs and he was going to be there for the next decade or, you know, 15 years. And then all of a sudden, bam, Andrew Luck retires during the preseason and throws a huge wrench into all of their plans. I wonder if from that experience, they're like, you know what? Maybe we don't need to always be looking for the guy that's going to be here for 10 years. Maybe we need to just kind of figure this thing out in one or two year windows while this team is really good. And, you know, we'll see where we wind up. It's it's a strategy of team building that I don't think has really been used. But I think their experience has kind of shaped them a little bit and to maybe go a different way. Especially when you look at the contract side of it, because they don't have that big quarterback contract on the books. They are second in the NFL in terms of cap space. They have 69.1 million. It's a nice amount. They have a ton of money to spend in free agency this year. What if they kind of just like the thinking there is, okay, they're going to go in uh, not so super hard on a quarterback, but they can go in super hard on this market this offseason, which should be a buyer's market because it's not like, I mean, I'm looking at over the cap right now and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 teams right now stats currently are over the cap. Wow. So, you know, more than any offseason, you would think teams aren't going to have all teams at least aren't going to have the money to spend. So uh, I think that's an advantage for the teams and they might be able to get some really good players in free agency on good deals um, in part because they don't have that quarterback contract on the book. So maybe they kind of just get an okay quarterback like a Foles or a Roethlisberger or whatever, and kind of just try to build a super team, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like think about, okay, so they get Foles, and then let's look at they need a couple wide receivers there. I think they need some better weapons. They could go sign Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay at wide receiver. Boom. And then you're like, holy crap, they have a good offensive line. They have a quarterback that can get the ball downfield with a coaching staff and a system he's familiar with. 
They have a good running back in place already. They have a really strong defense with Leonard and Buckner there. All of a sudden, the Colts like are looking pretty damn good. We're reinventing the NFL here, Stats. We're, we're making it not all about the quarterback. We're, we're totally breaking new ground here on the podcast. <laughs> all right. My last bold prediction, unfortunately, is about the quarterback, and it's my least bold prediction. But I think Deshaun Watson definitely gets traded, and I think he gets traded this offseason. I know there's a lot of talk about people saying, well, they're going to wait him out into the regular season and see if he's really serious about missing games. I don't think they are because I think they know – the best return that they can get from him comes this offseason because the Jets and the Dolphins have so many extra picks. I think both of those teams would be interested in moving him. And if you even if you wait till after the draft, they lose that ammunition. The Jets and the Dolphins don't have all those extra picks because they're going to have used them in the draft. So I think that the Texans know that they have to do it this offseason. They might wait as long as they can, but... If you could potentially get four first-round picks for the Jets uh, from the Jets, you have to do it. You're not going to get a better return than that. So I feel like they can't afford to wait him out. There is a ticking clock in Houston, and the Texans, they don't want to admit it. They're certainly not going to admit it publicly because they don't want to ruin their leverage. But they know if they're going to move him, it has to be this offseason. And I think they already know that Deshaun is serious and is not going to fold. So where do you think he goes then? To, to make it a bold prediction, you have to tell me where he's going to go. If I had to pick it, to me, it's got to be the Jets. Because in theory, the Jets could offer four first-round draft picks. And if they wanted to, they could throw in like a Quinnen Williams or a Marcus May, who apparently the Texans want defensive players in this deal. So, I mean, if you're the Jets, you can throw in four first-round picks. It's only going to mess up your draft for two years because you have the extra picks from the Jamal Adams trade. So it's not that expensive if you're the Jets. You're getting you know, a top five quarterback in return. And if you're Houston, you could say, look, who else has ever been traded in the history of the NFL for four first round picks? Plus we got a defensive star or two. Yeah, it stinks that we had to trade him, but look what we got back. Everybody saves face, which I think is important for these deals, especially for Houston, which has just taken a beating this offseason. I think the Jets should do it. I think the Dolphins almost have to do this trade because I think uh, I just the, the uncertainty of Tua scares me. And like if they kind of just go forward with him, um, I'm afraid that because of how that team is built around him, they're not really going to be in position to get a top pick again. And they might not be in position necessarily, depending on how, again, quarterback movement goes out into the future to get another like solid guy, or at least as one good as one as Deshaun Watson right now. So I think they're like the team that makes the most sense for Watson uh, in terms of like just winning right away. Because even if the Jets get him, I think that's a good move for them. I think that makes sense. They have the ammo to do it. But as you've kind of mentioned before, it's like, well, then what's around him, though? Because the roster there is kind of barren. And then now you don't have the picks to make to kind of help uh, build that thing up as easily. I would still make the trade, to be clear. But, you know, it's just kind of a it, it's not as a quick of a win now situation as it would be if he goes to the Dolphins. So I think the Dolphins like have to make the move, basically. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how much confidence they have in Tua, right? If if they really believe he's the guy, then they don't feel that pressure. But maybe they, they didn't like what they saw. I mean, supposedly some Dolphins players were not really convinced with what they saw from Tua, even though the front office has been 100% on board. Um, the other point I want to make, too, is if you're the Jets, and or I should say if you're the Texans and you make this deal with the Jets and you get the four first-round picks, the best part of that is you only have to wait two years for that payoff. If you trade them to another team and get four first-round picks, you're not really getting the benefit until four years down the road. Like, who knows who's going to be there in four years? I mean, Cully, the new head coach, might not even be there. Casario might not even be there in theory. So, like, do you really want to have to wait four years for the payoff for that? If you do it this year, you can cash in on that payoff sooner and help rebuild your team sooner, which, of course, helps erase or helps people forget how good Deshaun Watson really was. So I think it has to be this year, and I think it has to be one of those two teams. That's a great point in terms of like the GM actually knowing he's going to be there and head coach to, like, to make those picks. That's total. There's a ton of value in that <laughs> in terms of the team uh, that's acquiring him. So, yeah, I think the Jets do have the best offer. I mean, I mean, just like let's look at it like simply they have the number two pick. The Dolphins have the number three pick. Mm-hmm. Which one would you rather have? <laughs> um, and then, you know, if, if you get the number two, if you're the Texans, then OK, then you can get your guy who isn't Trevor Lawrence and you can try to help hope. Uh, 
or hopefully uh, build around that guy. So, uh, yeah, I see that. Uh, Stats, I want to get your take. You didn't include your team in here. You didn't include the 49ers in your bold predictions, and I I need to hear what happens with them because I think I was going to do it, but I thought you might do it, so I didn't do it. But I I need you to tell me what's going to happen with Jimmy G. I purposely didn't include them because I always feel like a homer when I go to the Niners. Like my, as soon as I was going to talk about it, I heard you in my head saying, "Oh, I knew you were going to bring up the Niners," so I purposely <laughs> shied away from it. Um, as frustrating as it is, I think they're sticking with him. I wow. think that they're going to bring back Jimmy again. I think that they are they are going to go with the hope and pray strategy, which no matter what facet of life you're in, hope and pray never freaking works. But that's what they're going to do because here's the problem. They are trying to acquire an upgrade, a franchise quarterback, without having to endure any pain. And that just is not possible. You cannot do that without taking some sort of risk, even if it's only draft picks. You That's just the state of the NFL, especially if you're talking about, you know, not drafting a guy with a pick that you've earned. You have to go through some sort of pain. And the 49ers just don't want to do that. They keep hiding behind this well We'll upgrade if it's a clear upgrade. It's like, no, if you're not willing to risk it, like Bruce Arian says, you don't get the biscuit. And the 49ers are not willing to risk it. So they're going to end up with Jimmy because they're they're gun shy. It's really weird when you look at his contract, because as everyone knows, like it's not very hard for the 49ers to move on from him. It's only two point eight million in dead money, whether it's cut or trade. And uh, and then they, they clear twenty three point six million, you know, by moving on from him. And when you look at you know his contract, he's in the penultimate year of his deal this year. You know he's, he'll be uh, you know his last year is is twenty twenty two, and it's to me it's almost just like it doesn't make sense to have him at this point. Like the 49ers should either extend him, which clearly I don't think is the right move, mm-hmm. and you would, no one wants that. But like they should either do that and and like commit to him ideally, and this is our guy, or move on. Like what is this limbo thing they're doing? Like make a decision. Either he's your guy or he's not your guy. Not like limbo, he might be our guy. No. Like what does that accomplish? So uh, I'm going to say my bold prediction for your sake is that the 49ers do move on from him. I don't know exactly to do what um, because it's weird. It doesn't seem like they showed as much interest as, in Stafford as they probably should should have as much as we may have expected them to. So I don't know uh, if their intention is to move on, as you're saying, you're kind of, you know, painting the picture that it might not be, but I'm going to say that it should be. And I I just look at that contract and I I feel like even though they might be saying they're committed to him or, or they're not committed to to moving on at least uh, if that makes sense. Like I I just don't see how you can clear 23.6 million to get rid of this guy. And they don't do that. Like that just feels like a no brainer to me. It's it's ridiculous to me because they need cap room. So either get rid of this guy or restructure him to give yourself cap room. But instead, you're letting your team be held hostage by a guy that you like, not love, who might get hurt next year and not even play. Or if he does stay healthy through some miracle, is not really that great when he plays. He's an average quarterback. So it's amazing to me that you are gumming up the entire workings of your team simply because you feel like that's less risky than moving on to get another quarterback. That doesn't make any sense to me, but I think that's where we are. Who's the quarterback you want stats for the 49ers? I mean, obviously it's probably Deshaun Watson, but let's say he's not realistic because he might not be because the Jets and the uh, Dolphins, I think are going to have better offers than what the 49ers could realistically offer. So, so who would you even want them to realistically get? Stafford was I was all in on Stafford to me that was the guy now I didn't think I think that they didn't think it was gonna you know take what it took to acquire him but if I can't have Stafford and I can't have Watson now you're really going down on my list I think (laughs) at that point I say you might as well trade up and try and get one of these rookie quarterbacks um although a Ben Roethlisberger move now the cap wise it's not gonna work just because he's gonna want too much money and they don't have that kind of room but if they could ever somehow work that situation out that would be fascinating to me because ben is not a scrambler i think kyle would prefer to not have a scrambler there he's a veteran guy you know he could learn the system that would be something that i wouldn't rule out but i think at this point the simplest thing is to just trade up and get your rookie and go from there 
I can see that. I mean, I'm just thinking about how uh, Roethlisberger threw all those quick passes last year, and I'm thinking about the 49. 49- I mean, maybe at that point, the 49ers might as well just keep Jimmy G at that point. But but uh, I was just thinking of, of the fit there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. With a lot of these team stats, obviously, um, a lot of quarterback movement expected to be on the way. So uh, how many of these do you think will actually be right? Do you think we'll get anything right here? Like I went, I went bold. Obviously I'm not like, if I had to put a, you know, percent chance on like the Cowboys getting Russell Wilson, you know, it's not above 50% clearly. Like these, I don't think a lot of these things are necessarily likely, but I think that's what makes them bold. Right. I mean, if it were likely, then it would just be like things that'll probably happen. We're, we're going for bold here on the SB Nation NFL show. If I had to pick one of yours, that I think will happen. I think it's the Colts one. I think the yeah. Colts one just makes the most sense. Falls to the Colts. Uh, the Eagles connection there is too strong. And I think that the Bears are going to be desperate enough to get Wentz. So I think I've, if I had to pick one of yours that I think will come to fruition, it's that one. Which one of mine do you think is most likely to come to fruition? Well, it's also the one on my list, so I'm really just giving myself an extra point here. But oh, but you said it first, in fairness, so it, it's really to you. And it's the Jets trading down. I just think that's uh, I think that makes sense, just in terms of what they're going to be able to get. I mean, like there's going to be teams coming up there for like for for a lot. And I just I think again this idea like that you get to three. I don't think that's good enough. I think you're going to have to get to number two. And the Jets, especially knowing that, are going to like be like, hey. Like, I think that's all the more reason that they're going to should should and will sell that pick is is knowing they have control of the draft because, you know, it's Lawrence at number one and then it's whatever the Jets want to do at number two. The Jets are the gatekeepers because they have a quarterback that they can justifiably say to other teams they're comfortable with. And but then they also have quarterback that's not great so that if they did want to make the pick at number two, they can. So you're really going to have to blow them away with a deal. And I think they're going to get it. I think that teams are going to do it. I think that they look at the Mahomes and the Watson moves from a few years ago where where teams are aggressive and getting those guys. And I think they say that can be us. So I think the Jets are in a perfect, absolutely perfect position. All right. We did it, Stats. We did the thing. <laughs> we always, that is a philosophy on this show. Do the thing that makes the most sense. So that is our five bold predictions. We'd love to hear your bold predictions. You can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Stats on Fire. BLG is at Brandon Gowden. You can leave a question in the comments if you, uh, if you want to give us a nice little review on iTunes. We'd love to take it there as well. We do always appreciate those, so keep those coming. We've said it, and we will continue to say it. This is going to be a wild offseason, and I bet you something happens that's even bolder than what we laid out here that neither one of us saw coming. So enjoy it. It's going to be fun, and we will be with you every step of the way.